Hello and welcome to Bondi Nights, a podcast recorded in Bondi at 6.39pm, which is not, it doesn't look like night time because it's still light out, but I feel like it works. Um, and uh, this in, the, in this episode, uh, we're, we're just going to get right into it because we've got a very special guest. Uh, first guest ever on Bondi Nights. That's quite a, quite a thing. Um, Saxon. Hey. Hello, Saxon. Thank you so much for being on uh, the program. It's a pleasure and an honor, and I never thought I'd get this privilege. Well, well, so you have listened to at least one episode of the program. Oh, definitely. Yeah. At least one. At least. So you kind of know that it's, it has a very improvisational, uh, loose structure. We talk, you know, I'll talk about whatever. And, uh, but there is actually one thing that I do want to want to discuss, and that is uh, a gentleman called Jordan Peterson. The one and only. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that could be said uh, about this guy, but there is, I think, something that came across my desk quite recently, and that is his his new song. His single. His single. Which single. Which, what is it called again? Wake Up. Wake Up. That is... Quite a title, first of all. Let's just let's just try to digest this title a bit. So he's talking about Justin Trudeau, I believe, mm. and he's telling him to wake up. Yeah. Is that? Do I have it right? I think that pretty much summarizes the whole song. Yeah, he says things like, "You should be doing well. You should make a home." Yes, exactly. You should be doing good. So, so presumably he's not loving his <laughs> performance as a as a prime minister. No, I Ju- think he's been quite outspoken about that for a number of years. Yeah, <laughs> as he'd say. Well, he's kind of dropped off for me. Like there was a period where he was quite prominent, and then he had like his thing with the. Jordan in general? Yeah, yeah, with the benzo addiction. Yep. And now he's come back, but he's a little bit more uh, low-key. Yeah. But he this, seems a bit weathered. This seems to be a reverse of that of that policy. If, but I guess, like, what interests me kind of about this is that he's like an, he's like an amateur musician. I, I mean, who knows? I'm hoping that voice that you hear when in the song is is him just belting it out, you know, with like, with like spit just like coming out onto the microphone and and him pouring his soul in a dark room somewhere. I'm hoping that's him. It's hard to tell. Yeah, because there's a few people on on the on the track. The track yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that someone who's so well known for giving lectures and um i i I, it seems like he needs no introduction anymore yeah it doesn't like if his aim is is solely to like wake up the the people to the you know various shortcomings of justin trudeau (laughs) you think he would be able to do that effectively in his pre-existing sort of media outlets. Like, he doesn't need to start making music, right? Yeah, this is true. This is true, but I don't think he necessarily... I mean, when you make music, when you're trying to make music, you're doing things that you care about, So, but it's just doing it in a different domain. So you sometimes learn how you feel about something when you put it in a different domain like a creative domain so maybe he doesn't have the same expectations or the hopes but like this is the stuff he thinks about and so trying to like be creative he's gonna put this kind of uh you know angst and what not about Justin Trudeau into his creativity 
and you get something like that, eh? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see, I kind of get, because it's, it's sort of on brand for him to want to, like, uh, express himself, you know, like, the, the, there's, this, there's this really distinctive image that is kind of associated with his brand, which is like a kind of, it looks like a mandala, like a, a, a kind of concentric circle, Image, do you know what I'm referring to? It's oh, his actual brand. Yeah, he's got like this circle uh, drawing thing, like like a logo thing. Yeah, logo. Yeah, that he, I believe, made himself. Uh, yeah, he he thinks. Um, I mean, I've heard him talk a bit about creativity. Actually, on his latest stint on the Joe Rogan podcast. When was it? Recently, in the last two weeks. Oh, okay. I'd say. So was and he was he on that talking about Justin Trudeau? Um, I don't know if he mentioned him, but he did mention creativity, okay. and he talked about music itself, actually. Well, that makes sense. And and he talked about it. Was he was talking about how play in play? There's like you find there's like meaning to be found in play, and and especially in music. And it was kind of creepy because I, I was watching this part instead of just listening. I was watching the video of this part. And I mean, I, in some ways I really feel for him because he, he looks like a man that's in pain, like physical pain. He looks like 20 years older than he was five years ago. And he was wearing this kind of like just black and white tux for the Joe Rogan podcast thing. And he was very serious the whole time. And then when he started talking about laughing and play and creativity, he had this like smile on his face that was kind of painful to watch because he looked like, like he was trying to really express how good it is to laugh. And he was, he had this forced smile with his teeth clenched that looked like he, he just so desperately wanted to like be happy and youthful and and creative and 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 he wanted others to be like that but i don't know watching him it was kind of a little bit painful you, does it is it kind of like when old people try to act young because they're having some kind of crisis is that what you were you um, kind of getting that, getting at? No, it was maybe, but it was more like he wanted the young people to act young, and he was trying to like embody that for while he was saying it, right? And, and by having this like smile and like he was making a few more jokes, but at the same time, like he's smothered. In, he looked like he was smothered in his own like seriousness and and and. Maybe physical pain. It kind of looked like he was in physical pain. Right. So he's sort of his message is still like the same kind of message of um, directed at young people, kind of encouraging them to to challenge themselves and get outside of their comfort zone. And he's trying to model that for them mm, in a way. Mm, but he's mm. like kind of not doing a very good job because he's. He's, he's like not a very playful person. I wouldn't associate him. I wouldn't call not outwardly, yeah. I wouldn't call him like a fun guy, you know, to hang out with. Like I wouldn't want to hang out with Jordan Peterson. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and that's not to say I don't like the guy. Um, I, I mean, I think t when Jordan Peterson first came on my radar, it was at a time where I, I definitely uh, was at a place where I, um, so, some of the things that he said really resonated with me. Of course. And I think that's the truth, the case for a lot of people I know who, who really like the guy. Mm. Um, and I suppose, yeah, the, the whole concept of like having fun is a bit of a pivot for him because his whole thing, like, at least when I was really uh, consuming a lot of JP content, you know, like his YouTube lectures that he put up from his 
classes, you know, at the University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he would just put up whole whole lectures that he he recorded off YouTube, uh, onto YouTube, and his, and the whole vibe of those was it wasn't like enjoy your life, have fun. It was much more like work hard and clean your room and mm-hmm. um, take on responsibility, settle down with a with a good woman mm. and start a family. Like, mm. I wouldn't associate him with the message of like, um, you know, have fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, but definitely, I mean, in when he talked about music, he really, because really I think his whole thing is to pursue meaning, you know? That's his whole, like, um, direction with whatever he's talking about. He's like, don't pursue um, happiness or things like that. That's a luxury, but what you're really looking for is meaning. And in that podcast with Joe Rogan, he talks about music as, like, the embodiment or, like, or very um, just directly throwing you straight into the world, the, the world of the realm of meaning. Because he's like, reality's like this, and there's layers, and there's order and chaos, and and in life itself, there's uh, different um, opportunities to to line things up, and there's things happening on all these different levels, and and when those things match up, is when you feel that sense of meaning. And he said, music itself is all of that but in the realm of sound Mm. and it's like you're putting these different sound layers and then when it lines up you you want it to be like kind of on the brink he said of like of of um chaos but then have the order that that makes you feel connected Mm. and i i believed him listening to him talk like that about music and he gave a number of examples of going to gigs and stuff Oh, what? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. When he talks about his personal life, he, he sounds like such a little hooligan. So he's still g- going to shows? Oh, when he was younger. Oh, um, okay. For sure. I don't know. He seems... Like, I remember him that. saying that, like, I think this was on, like, a Reddit AMA. He said that he likes Arcade Fire, the Canadian oh, uh, rock really? band. Yeah. I heard recently that he his guilty pleasure is the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, yeah. No, I have heard that as well. Yeah. Have you seen that show? Oh, yeah, here and there, but not not fully, like... Yeah. No, I, I love that show. But if you haven't seen it, then... Well, I want to switch gear, though, because I know that you're, you're a keen musician, but not, I wouldn't say, like... Super talented. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not like the kind of guy that's still trying, still has like these pipe dreams of, of making it as a, as like a professional musician. Mm. Did you ever have those aspirations? Oh, and- I think for sure. I mean, when you're young, say you're like 17, 18, and you're, you're getting better because you're playing so much and you're, you're, you know, you're like alone and you're playing these songs and you're writing your feelings and in your mind, like you imagine all these different instruments and like the whole composition and arrangement in your mind and, and you, you're, you're just vibing with it so much in your own world that like you feel like, wow, like I could make it and this, and, and it feels good. And so, like, yeah, for sure, there were those moments. Um, and then, I don't know, I'd wake up the next day and be like, wow, this is pretty trash. <laughs> <laughs> or corny. Yeah. Mostly just way too corny to share with anyone ever. It's yeah. like writing poetry most of the time. Like, yeah. Most people have written down their feelings. And, and I reckon everyone's written a poem or two about what they're going through. Or something. Definitely. But, like, rare do they do they have the courage or think it's even worthy of sharing. I mean, I have I have to say I've experienced that even in Bondi Nights uh, with, like, some earlier episodes going through. I remember I, like, um, deleted some episodes that I had recorded. At the time, 
you know, when I was starting out, I, I really kind of had this sense of like, what I'm doing is, is there's a kind of novelty to it mm. because it's so raw mm. and I'm just saying whatever's on my mind and it's not prepared, it's not um, contrived or, or anything. Like, I'm not pretending that these are spur-of-the-moment uh, spur thoughts. Mm. They actually were. Mm. Um, and then... At the, but th that's just talking. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, there's nothing necessarily artful. But then the podcast as an art form is not something you really think about. Like, although it could be. Like, there's no reason why a podcast couldn't be considered... I mean, but it's like, I guess the, the real uh, parallel would be to a radio show, you Ooh. know? Like, a radio show couldn't be a work of art. No, that's kind of just, like, entertainment, like, try, like not in the same way, it's just, like, listen to me while you're driving, um, and, and don't change the channel. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> commercial radio, even, but even, like, to have one guy, late night radio, say, okay. one guy just telling it like it is, sort of like the equivalent of being in the park and there's those guys in the soapbox, you know, where they stand on a little box mm. and like start just saying their opinions. Mm. This was a really... Uh, soapbox podcast. Yeah, well that's, you know, there is something about that. I remember once we were walking, I was with a friend uh, and his girlfriend and we were walking through Hyde Park and... There were like, there's people that go to Hyde Park and then they'll just like stand on a box, literally stand on a box and start saying their opinions on things. And people will walk by and it's like buskers. Like if, if the opinions are good, they'll, they'll stick them. around and they'll, I don't know if they'll pay them. I don't, I honestly, I don't know much about this subculture. But isn't it an interesting idea that, like, there's someone... In the same way that you could, like, busk on the side of the road um, and someone's throwing you coins to just, like, set up... Uh, you don't even need a mic. You can just say your opinions about stuff and if people are walking by, like, that guy knows what's up. And then he'll throw you, <laughs> he'll throw you like, a $2 coin and you buy, like, a double cheeseburger oh, with man. it. It sounds a bit... Um, when you put a... When you describe it all like that, it sounds a bit like, like, just strange, to be honest. Sounds a bit like, wow, this is really like what we've come to. Like, some, like, I've got an opinion and it, and it must be heard. Someone's gonna agree. Somebody has to. I'm gonna stand on my box and say it until someone agrees. And, and I mean, I'm hesitant to criticize that. Mostly because I just called your, your podcast a soapbox podcast. Well, it is, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not, I don't want people's money. Yeah, that's You know, true. like, my listeners, just the, but, but in a way, like, the listens, you know, in the same way that likes on social media give you a dopamine hit, you know, you'll pay, like, people will go out, like, you and I, before we recorded this, we went to a bakery. And, and you bought uh, some cookies mm. and a coffee. Mm. Tea. Tea. And I bought a frittata. Mm. And that food had certain ingredients that cause dopamine to be released in our bodies. This is my understanding, at least, of how, how um, oh, biology yeah. works. And it's sort of... So we've sort of paid indirectly for the dopamine hit. <laughs> And if, like, I were to post, I guess it's not the same, but it's, like, this idea that there's, like, an economy of yeah. just, like, validation. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, I, I think we've got to draw the line and figure out what is, um, like, fishing, what is doing something, like, standing on a soapbox and fishing for the validation or doing a podcast and fishing for the validation or um, where's the line that before that you're actually just doing it because there's some element of like I mean 
just expression and it's it's interesting you know like you said that i play music and stuff because when i do it by myself even if i'm writing lyrics just the fact that i'm expressing things that i'm going through is satisfying in itself because it's like i get perspective i learn it's like a way of reflecting and and it feels like i'm i'm getting going through something like i'm detaching from things opening myself up to things and no one has to be a part of that at all um for me to get the satisfaction from it you know like writing that poem or something like it's just it works for me in that moment but isn't that moment you described where you look at it with the you know the sober eyes of ne the next day and you're like this is corny mm -hmm. don't you think in, on some level you're looking at it sort of through the eyes of what you think other people would think about it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, so the, in the moment where you made that song or poem or whatever, you're doing it just, you're doing it for the love of expressing yourself. Yeah, but then once you've actually unearthed that, that emotion or whatever insight and it exists sort of in the world, on, on like a piece of paper or mm. uh, recording, then suddenly it's like this object that can be judged and scrutinized and looked at through a critical lens. Uh, and, and then it's almost like a shameful thing, like an embarrassment. Like, like this is this yeah, like abomination that's come out of my body. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a tricky line. That's why I haven't really made anything for the world. Um, made heaps of songs, but like never really produced and, and uh, for the purpose of sharing anything in this and then like, you know, making a, a thing out of it for my career or anything like that. Um, probably because of that, you know, not feeling like it will hold up yeah in in that in that social kind of validation game but i'm happy for that because now music is different for me and most of the time when i go to a keyboard or a piano i'll play things that i've never played before and probably never will again and that's what i look forward to when i go to a piano just to sit down i you know i know enough to get around and like experiment and some stuff works some stuff doesn't and i mean maybe jordan peterson is right maybe there's meaning in the fact in the alignment of like different layers and 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 aligning sound with time and 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 your emotions and maybe there is a sense of meaning that you get that doesn't then need the whole validation game afterwards because that's where I'm kind of at with music. Mm. But even look, even if you don't, even if you don't intend to to sell or put put your stuff out into the world, I think what we're kind of touching on, right, is before you even have any sense of like people need to see this, or I could make money off this, or some uh something in between those two kind of uh mm. feelings there's there's just this there's just this really um sober uh like self-critical lens that you look on at the creation with not even like like this can while it's happening this can never get out like <laughs> kind of thing it, and even but when you say like this can never get out it's almost like you're imagining what people would think of it. Yeah. And, and so even if you don't have any intention of people seeing it, you're still like, I need to destroy this almost. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's where I'm coming from. But like, I do love when, when my like, close friends are around that we can kind of just like make shit up on the spot. And... And it's kind of nerve-wracking because you still you're like, oh, is this gonna be worth? Especially like freestyling, yeah. Or which is the same as what jamming is, but just without words. But and it's like 
almost exciting like the tension of of being shy and then and then sacrificing that for the for the I don't know the play I guess well and also the connection yeah right? because exactly. it's it's almost like even though even though you're not using words in this scenario of like jamming it's like being vulnerable to to, to playing something really bad mm. and then being judged mm. so by jamming with someone it's almost like you're you're saying I trust you to to like <laughs> love me anyway. Love, yeah, right. And it's always kind of like I know I'm not a musician. I've never jammed out. You know, actually, that's not true. I I'll tell you a story. We were jamming a few weeks ago. Remember? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we were what we were doing uh, was more like we were. Uh, yeah, it was it's more like improv. How stupid can we be? Yeah, like someone was playing chords and we were just we were just like making up lyrics on the spot. Yeah. I mean I guess that's still jamming in like a broad sense. Yeah. Um and yeah, though I did I you know I did hesitate. I two stories are coming to mind. <laughs> Alright, so the first one, I'll tell them in chronological order. But both of them were from my year I took a year off uni to like just travel around the US um, like I bought a car and I just traveled around and I stayed with this band um, I'm not gonna say the name of the band but they but it was a Nashville based psychedelic band clearly very big fans of Tame Impala like, this was, was just after Currents. I remember very distinctly that they were all just, like, loving Currents at the time. <laughs> and they, had, they were renting a house. Specifically because it had a room where they could make music. But there was a lot of tension in the band. Because various members of the band were clearly not as disciplined mm -hmm. about making time to play music like they were all working like these um service industry jobs and um and like they smoked a lot of weed a lot, like certain band members would were clearly not the most mo jordan peterson would have a lot to say to this <laughs> young man basically um clean your room and play yeah stop <laughs> stop smoking and play your music. This is the reason you you rented this house. Uh, <laughs> Call of the world. <laughs> terrible, Jordan Peterson. But than mine. but I remember like I wrote a song while I was there, because um, sort of like to motivate them in a way, like um, almost to be like, hey guys. I'm not even a musician and I'm, I'm, I'm banging out these songs like on this like shitty guitar that you had lying around. Yeah. And then they like wanted to play the song. <laughs> like the whole band got together and jammed out the song that I had written. And I had never, I had never like played with a band before. And I, I was terrible and it sounded terrible. And I was like really embarrassed and I was like, sorry guys, like I kind of lost track halfway through. Like I stopped you know, it's yeah, just like I just it. I just lost it, but they kept playing along, and I'm like, what, why are we still playing? Like, <laughs> I, I totally forgot. But um, I remember just being like, uh, yeah, like embarrassed, but that that it was it was cool, you know. And then the other time was when I was like at this house party in Long Beach, mm. which is in L.A. And there was like a um, sort of outside of the house party, there were like these people standing in a circle freestyle rapping. Mm. And apparently this is like pretty common at US house parties that there'll be just like a smoking mm. se section, like a group of people smoking, at least in, uh, you know, 
Long Beach, there's a there's a, a hip hop um, subculture, mm. and I remember like there was this one kind of overweight white ginger guy who was staying in the fraternity, who who, who was in the fraternity that. I was staying with because I was staying with this Jewish fraternity um, at like you uh, Cal State Long Beach right. and um, this guy he was a really good freestyle rapper like this overweight ginger guy I love it and he was with a bunch of African-American gentlemen and he was way better than them, but at the same time, like, he had to be, in a way, you know? It's like, to, 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 to freestyle with these guys, and you're like an overweight ginger you kid. Better, you better be fire. Like, you better be Eminem, basically. <laughs> right? And, um, and I just remember, like, trying... Like, he brought me in, because I had sort of get, gotten to know this guy. Oh, no. And he was like, Matt, come on, like, f freestyle rap for us. And I was just like, how? <laughs> this is impossible. How? Like, I now, brown cow. Oh. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just, I, I just, but, it, but I, it occurred to me, like, that the reason why I can't freestyle rap is because I care so much about what these people are going That's to say. Everybody's um, hesitation to freestyle is is what what if I say something wrong or just bad? And I, and and it's and I will admit this. Like this is an embarrassing thing to admit, but I have tried to freestyle rap when I'm alone. Oh yeah, everyone yeah. has. And, and haven't even been able to do it. Like, I've tried, but I've given up so quickly. Because, and it's not like there were even people there to be like, you're whack, you know, or you're a honky. Like... Were you judging yourself? I was judging myself. I, like, those African-American... <laughs> they were effigies men in your were, like, mind. in the room in my mind. <laughs> You know, and they're just like, are they why are you trying to appropriate appropriate my our music, white boy? Like you're terrible. I had these people in my mind, Damn. and I couldn't even get the words out. I'm completely Damn. by myself. You know, a lot of people probably have those people in their mind when they try to freestyle. Yeah, I think I do sometimes. Yeah, and not just freestyling, but you got to think that this this phenomenon exists in every facet of people's lives, right? There's always, like, in your mind, like, people you imagine to be criticizing you or saying you're whack, saying you're honky, or, like, not, you know... <laughs> you're honky. Do people say that in your mind? Matt, <laughs> you're, Stop you're, being a honky. Like, you're being such a honky, Matt. Yeah, no, I... Stop I, it. I lie in bed some nights <laughs> and just... Think about like I'll will think something you know about something dumb I did in my past you like honky. embarrassing moments in my life like when I talk to some like cute girl I'm thinking about that and then it's like she's there in your mind not even her but just like a group of people <laughs> being like this guy's such a loser like McLovin oh like what a McLovin kind of kind of deal oh my god yeah i wonder i mean i mean i think you just gotta deal with that <laughs> how do you but like yeah that, that's really i think my whole you know when i say to people sort of like i'm working on myself i've been working on myself lately yeah what that means is i'm on... trying to like get these people in my head to leave yeah. Or, do, or not even or, leave, or but be just, cool with them, not just care what like they not think. even care, like yeah. just be like whatever, man. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's what being cool is, is not caring. Yeah, yeah. I want it, I want that so bad. <laughs> to be able to just like 
make us uh, like I want like I'm making fun of Jordan Peterson you know I'm listening to his song and I'm being like what a honky <laughs> you know like this is this is trash but like what yeah, that where that comes man. from where that comes from is me being jealous of Jordan Peterson because he's like he's like a 60 year old man he's in his like 60s or whatever and he's like making music I don't make music hmm. I'm younger than him why like and this is the, his first thing his first single and he's he's willing to put something out there yeah he's like he's like and he has so many people who hate him that when they heard this song were probably you know rubbing their hands together with delight just like they did when he had his you know Benzo addiction. When he nearly all, died. All the haters who like, who like think he, you know, who, who people with messy rooms. Mm. See, he doesn't have his shit together. Yeah, clean. He's nearly your, dead. Clean your room, Peterson. Like, but he's just taking that, and he's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna make this like tra yes. trash song about Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Yeah, well, truth is like his thing, isn't it? Being truthful, and and he he said that on the Rogan podcast about how important music is and playing is, and and so he he's trying to, I guess, walk the walk as he you know pre practices what he preach, mm. practice what he preaches. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to teach us, just in the sense of like. Make some trash music. I'm, I'm reminded of this guy, Jerry Saltz. Don't He's know. like an art critic who made this book called How to Be an Artist. Mm. And in that book, his whole kind of thesis is like, make bad art. It's like, it's better to make bad art, which it probably will be. That's not a bad, some bad advice in general to basically everyone. Like, m make some trash music. Yeah. Just make it though. Do you, but and it doesn't it's not just music, it's anything. Like But do you put that out there? Or is it the point that you put it out there? I guess putting it out there has the added thing of like motivating you to do it because it's and this is kind of how I feel about Bono Nights is like it's hard for me to write in a diary. You know like like really talk about my inner life like to like a book like you know dear <laughs> diary like the whole concept of, of of writing a note to your diary is so weird when you think about it yeah like dear diary well, i had I've a never bad written, day to get today i've never written dear diary but you don't but that's the thing you don't have to the whole point is like you are if no one's reading it the only person who's reading it is the diary so in a way, by saying "Dear Diary," you're sort of acknowledging how absurd what you're doing in that moment is, mm. right? But it's like making a podcast for me is like I imagine a, a Bondi Nights listener. Sometimes I'll think maybe like you or someone else that I know who listens to Bondi Nights, but I see on my statistics you know I'll see someone in Norway listen to an episode of my Bondi Nights and I'm just thinking like that's cool I mean they probably like they, it just says like if they've listened to the episode it doesn't say how how long they listen for but just the idea that like someone in like a completely random part of the world is just like trolling through Spotify podcasts comes like maybe puts in some keywords that was in the description that I wrote for the episode. Oh, I've heard of I've heard a bit of Bondi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like like people who want to like go get a work visa so they can move to Bondi. <laughs> like I wonder if there's any podcasts about like where I can find a rental in Bondi or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's something like that. It's just I just have this fantasy. I guess what it boils down to is a fantasy of like someone hearing my thoughts that's spoken out loud and like they don't even need to be like this is good maybe they'll be like what a honky 
But like, but like, it doesn't matter, you know? They they heard. They heard. You were heard, Matt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's something nice about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Jordan Peterson's right. It's meaning, man. Meaning, man. Meaning, man. I can't do his voice. No. Yeah. I'm also the Kermit voice. I'm also reminded about this girl that I know, who. Um. So. She she did this like thing called free dance party mm. where she would like stand in the middle of the Sydney CBD like put music on on her Bose speaker and just oh, no start way. dancing by herself and like people would come up and start dancing with her wow. and she like sort of did it because she hates Sydney. She hates how like boring and lame it is. Mm. She's really into like South American countries. Kind of sounds like my sister. Was it my sister? It wasn't your sister, but I could see your sister doing something like that. It's it, it the whole co but I I think a big part of it for her was just like doing things to like exercise her don't give a fuck muscle, you know? Mm. Like um yeah, but you know where that comes from. It's because like we we care about what people think so much that it annoys us. Mm. And then we want to like like rebel against our, the limitations we put on ourselves. So we're like, ah, it's not screw them. It's actually saying screw me. Like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, to, to the the idea that you could go out. Um, when I when I think about this this concept, I very much associate it with like pickup artists because there's this like real thing that they encourage people to do, like to go out every night of the week by yourself to a nightclub, stay sober, and like dance by yourself try and try to meet people yeah. and it's like clearly they want to get something like they they obviously like want to be a person who doesn't give a fuck in order to be able to be charismatic because obviously women mm. are attracted to guys who don't give a fuck right like uh well let's say a lot of women are this, um, like, the stereotypical, like, immediate, um, like, attractive thing. Like, the thing that holds up in the first few moments, like, is if uh, someone is insecure or not. Right, yeah. No, and that's an, uh, it's a turn-off if you, if you clearly are insecure. Um, and it's sort of like, regardless of how attractive you are or how much money you have or anything like that, it's like, if you're insecure, it's sort of like, ugh. And if you don't care, it's sort of like, look at this guy, like... <laughs> Tell me more. He's unemployed, ugly, fat. But he seems to be doing alright. Yeah, there's something about him, you know? <laughs> there's something about him. Yeah. It's like, that's his thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, yeah, I've always had this, like, um, sense of, like, that's what I should do. That's how I should live my life, and it's like, maybe not like, I'm not as, um, I'm not like doing it from the point of view of like, being a, a pickup artist, but I think that's what it all boils down to, is like, trying to become someone who doesn't give a fuck, so you can like, um, you know, get things. Mm. It, it's a weird paradox, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to navigate, yeah. you know, when you're doing something for for opinion or how for others, or when you're just enjoying it, like if ever, it's it's hard. It's a it's a thin line. Yeah, it's 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 something that you can really drive yourself crazy trying to navigate. Mm. I was thinking today actually, because you know how. I mean, it's a sense of also 
especially if you lack social maturity, you can show only version a version of yourself, sometimes a premeditated, even if you're not aware of that, version of yourself to different people, even like different friends. Mm. Um, and, and there was moments today that I was hanging out with you and our other friend, and I was like, wait, um, have I shown this part of me to Matt yet? And, you know, because with our other friend, like, we do jam and stuff a bit, like, with, you know, just scatting sometimes, like, boop, bop, doop, bop, yep, bop, yep, sometimes. And you did do that a bit. Yeah, and, and there was just a moment where I was like, wait, have I shown that part of me to Matt? Yeah, maybe uh, he's not comfortable with this part of me. Yeah, maybe he's not comfortable. Maybe he he he, he doesn't like he doesn't like that part. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't show him. Maybe I'm just like, look at these honkies. <laughs> yeah, maybe and maybe you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't really recall how I felt at the time. Sometimes like I feel like I'm getting better if if I'm with someone and they do something that I find to be like a cringy thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting better at just letting it slide. But the good thing though is that I noticed that I, I actually didn't care in the end because I've jammed so much with just me and you know alone with keys like just singing stupid things, corny things, things that I actually do think are cool and people might resonate if they will or not, I don't know. But I've done that so much and kind of let go with just me enough that in the end, I like the line was blurred with whether people are there or not, I noticed. I was like, you know, like I've desensitized myself to this part of me that it was fine, like, you know, and I was happy to do it without caring. Right. You know, like even though there was that little bit of Residual. Resi yeah, residual, like, am I meant to care about this? Very quickly it was like, eh, I can't be bothered caring about this. I, you know, like, I've done this enough or whatever. And and that was cool because uh -huh. I, didn't, I didn't care. And it was just like... So I think it is important to, like, make some trash music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because what you're talking about is, like, exercising the the I don't give a fuck muscle, right? Hell yeah. And, 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 but, but do you think it's necessary to put it out there? Because no, I guess not, because you're saying that just jamming it out by yourself has helped you to tap into that. Yeah. You haven't like put it up on a SoundCloud or anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, essentially the, the, that part of me was desensitized enough in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We like, were also in a sauna though, so maybe that contributed to your sense of like, fuck it, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do scat, scatting now. <laughs> like people, the, the other thing about being in a sauna, you know, is like, people say a lot of shit in the sauna, and you know, People in my sauna at least, but actually pretty much every sauna I've ever been to, you're always going to encounter, it's sort of like comparable to the taxi driver, you know, he'll just, oh, yeah. he just says what's on his mind, like, which is usually some kind of conservative opinion in line with oh, Alan I Jones. I love it. I you love know? when it's like political and it's like, usually they're bashing their like home country's government or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just, I guess what comes to mind is, like, there's a guy in the sauna who, he will talk, you know, it's like, it's like a locker room talk, mm. you know, and he clearly, like, doesn't have a lot of male friends in his life. He's like a family man. His, he, 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 he's hanging out with his wife and his kids, doesn't have a lot of, like, close bros, mm. which I think is sadly very common for middle-aged men, um... In the sauna. Well, in, in, <laughs> in or out of the sauna. But the sauna is a chance for him to maybe tap into, like, 
this kind of grotesquely exaggerated version of what it, what you know, of, of like, yeah, with the boys, like in the sauna, like I'm gonna say the stuff, which can be kind of like misogynistic, uh, it tends to be like very misogynistic. Complaining. Uh, maybe a bit he'll complain about the missus, mm. yeah, complain about the boss, um, but it's like, I, I get a kick out of that, you know? Mm. I love, I love seeing people in a kind of unguarded state, um, so, yeah, anyway, let's, uh, we've gone massively over time, but... That's okay. Uh, so that's this episode of Bono Nights. Thanks so much to Saxon uh, for appearing, first guest ever on Bono Nights. And uh, apologies for the long episode, but I think there was some good stuff in there. Uh, and if not, if there wasn't some good stuff in there and it was just some trash, uh, some trash content, that's okay. I think we've really, if there's one thing that we've kind of like, one conclusion that we've drawn from this episode is that that's okay. We we really made this podcast bulletproof. Yeah, we covered our cover our yeah, covered our asses. Covered ourselves with this one. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Yeah, if you're like yeah, if you're listening to Bono Nights in Norway and you're like a hater, being like, oh, this is this is some trash podcast. <laughs> like this sucks. But you're, maybe you're like some Norwegian that's just like gets a kick out of listening to amateur podcasts that aren't like very. The production values are pretty low, and it's not really that thought through. And then you're just like, oh, 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 oh. well, that's fine. Maybe maybe you need to make some trash music. Yeah, maybe you need to make a trash podcast. Talk about some like. The Justin Trudeau of Norway. Or go to the sauna. Yeah, that's really what you should do. Um, you're, probably, you're probably listening to this in, in the sauna right now. Well... Like, can you do that? You can, they but... they probably got some sauna setups in Norway. Yeah, you, you'd have to assume that, that there are like high-tech saunas, but I think it's more likely that someone's listening on their ear pods. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to be honest, I wouldn't want to contaminate the sauna with the podcast. People do though, because they want—they just want an escape from their thoughts, from the heat. Um, but all right, so that's the episode. Uh, follow, uh, rate, rate Bondi Nights, please five stars, uh, because that's what it's worth. It's it's high quality. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I swear you said rape Bondi Nights then. Like, I saw the, the ellipse go together for a P as well. Alright, well, I did Don't not say that. that. Don't rape Bondi Nights. If you do want to have sexual intercourse with my podcast, make sure that you get consent at every stage. <laughs> and uh, also, email me on bondinights at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Would love to hear from you. And goodbye.